I think Burger King fries are better than McDonald's or Wendy's fries. Burger King right fries now? are right this minute. I don't know. I don't <laughs> have them with me. I don't like Burger King's current fries. I liked their fries when I was in high school. They have those nice thick uh they're always well like they always seem like they're just out of the you know the cooker fries yeah nice and I hot don't know. i like mcdonald's fries but most of the time i just don't want fries i don't like mcdonald's fries at all wow they're too sweet they're always like they're taste sweet? like they have sugar on them that's what mm-hmm. burger king used to have sugar on theirs Ugh. that was like their whole thing is that they had slightly sweet sugary fries and then they're like, America doesn't want that anymore. <laughs> America, not a fan. America. Yeah, I think everything. I think Burger King's kind of underrated as a restaurant. I think that their burgers are probably my favorite burgers. Yeah, you see. Um, but they, they're they just like, you know, they, they, they get treated like garbage. Like people are like Burger King. Like I think there'll be a renaissance someday. And, you know, I think that everybody's just kind of like afraid. You know when Arby's got shit on all the time? Afraid. <laughs> they're afraid. They're re- they're waiting for someone. It's not uh, not us, but they're waiting for someone, someone cool, someone trendy to come out and be like, hey, Burger King's actually pretty good. And everyone can be like, oh, thank God. Like, I love Burger King. I love their cheeseburgers. You know, right. <laughs> I love their Bacon King burger. I love their fries, you know. Do you love the Rodeo burger? Uh, I think I've only had it once, and I don't remember if I liked it or not. All right, because that was the official burger of Small Soldiers that uh, was oh, made shit. for Burger King to sell their toys and their sandwiches at the time. Burger there was a King. whole commercial with uh, Chip Hazard in a in a court of law doing the "You can't handle the truth." You can't oh, handle wow. the rodeo burger. You remember that? Wow. Wow. That was a classic 90s commercial, too, because I 90s commercials are the most fun of any decade of commercials. They're the only ones that got marketing right. They knew exactly what we wanted. They're the most memorable. They're the only ones that you talk about. Later. You know, it's funny, too, because it's like it's the only ones where we were children when they were on, you know, so that's probably why. I don't think so. I don't think so, because I do you hear kids talking about commercials now? It, well, I gotta tell you, all, I don't talk not... to a whole lot of kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not discussing commercials with children. You're not DMing 12 year old girls like. <laughs> hey, what do you think of guy? commercials these days? <laughs> I told you, you freak, quit DMing me. Hey, um, carry on. I don't, but okay, but I mean, all in all, too, commercials aren't a big thing for kids anymore because I don't think that. They don't have to watch them anymore. We had to watch mm. them, which was also a big thing. But they also, I think that they knew that at the time. Now, I don't even know who commercials are catering to. Maybe mom and dad, because they're mm. the only ones that talk about commercials now. Only like boomers talk about commercials now. I talk about commercials a lot. I think if you watch sports too, you talk about commercials more because that's the only time where you just, you're watching commercials because it's live TV, you know? Um, All right. What's your favorite commercial right now? I don't say I'm not saying I have one I like. I complain about a lot of them because now, you don't like them as much as the '90s ones. Because I'm not a child, and you don't have to be a child. All the '90s commercials were not catered towards children. They weren't all the '90s children's commercials. You know, 
to your point, but I also think so. There's a new Taco Bell commercial, and it's very much in the style of like a early two thousands. Uh, there's just two dudes on a beach. They're hanging out. They're playing some tunes, and then the commercial ends, and they don't do like a record scratch, and they're not like, "Whoa, like, what are we in the two thousands? Like, they just straight up are doing a two thousands commercial from beginning to end." So no we're saying hint. the same thing that the, the commercials were better from that era because if they're redoing them exactly as they did them in that era and you enjoyed it, mm-hmm. then it's better than commercials right now. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make my point about uh, being a child because, you know, I bet I don't uh, know. Because you wanted to be condescending and rude. <laughs> you caught me. <laughs> yeah. You're right. I, I, you might be right. I do sometimes I'll just put on old commercials, but I also do like I'll put on like the 70s and 80s ones. And I, I think it's fun when you uh you have like an old VHS tape and it's got all the commercials on them. Like I just watch those. Um just kind of you know hang out with them. Um but all I was saying is that that small soldiers commercial was a big memory for me in the 90s because I remember that actually being on. Even though mm-hmm. I, I I know that there was a tie-in with all the toys from Small Soldiers that were Happy Meals and those toys, I don't think we mm-hmm. got any of those. I, I well, I kind of remember having the Mohawk guy in some capacity. I don't remember having any of the Gorgonites, um, but I think we had that one guy as a as some kind of toy. Yeah. Um, but I remember they had the big tie-in because that was like part of the deal with the whole movie because the movie was supposed to be like, um, a uh, it was supposed to have a huge like toy like coming with it merchandise so yeah I think they the were toys... expecting a big merchandise boom and that they the the toys sold way better than the movie like people didn't like this movie as much as the like the toys outsold the movie that's crazy i get yeah. it though they really made yeah. cool toys they did and i think what i was like reading up on um on the movie and stuff because i didn't i i guess i've never really read behind the scenes of this movie before i've seen it a million times and i loved it as a kid and i love it now um but like i was reading up on the the puppeteers that like it was um fuck what's that stan winston does that sound right i could Mm. be right wrong but it's something similar to that his name is definitely stan um okay but he he did the puppet work for like uh both the terminator movies jurassic parks Mm -hmm. and uh predator Oh, okay. And, and he did the one for, he did all the designs, or his um, studio did all the designs for Small Soldiers as well. And I think you can tell that these characters were very well loved. Like, you could tell yeah. that they put in, like, a lot of work to actually, like, um, design these characters and make sure that they functioned as toys. So you can, I think that that really probably is why they outsold the movie because i think kids did actually want these toys yeah the toys are super cool the packaging the packaging for the toys is like it flashback to just like those they that is exactly the packaging you want for these toys and like how they open up and like just like what a cool thing to have i i do i wanted them last time i I when i watched this movie on time when i was supposed to and shut up. <laughs> I'm just giving you a resin. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I do think now um, I was <laughs> just trying to find like a couple reasons why I wanted to think of a couple reasons why I thought I might like this movie because I wasn't sure it's been a long time. That was the prompt, as I said. But what's a movie? 
that you haven't seen for a long time um, that you think is good, but you know, who knows? And that was true for both of us. And, you know, I was like, that'll be fun. Well, you suggested it. And I said, good idea. And then I did really think that the, like, there's nothing in this that looks cheap or fake or like obviously CGI or anything like that. They do a good job of making it look like they're toys that are alive and and doing things, you know, like they move that way. They look that way. The plastic looks very real, like all the accessories and, and just everything about the look of it is just very spot on for uh, just like that is a cool toy that definitely would be a popular toy, you know? Yeah, I agree. I, I, and I think um, I was like reading up on the designs and it's Stan Winston, by the way. Um, but they actually have worked with Hasbro like to get like all mm. of the features right. So like they were like with other toy designers as puppeteers, of course, they're like fully trained and being the kind of toy makers as well. But like they like worked with other toy designers to actually make them as toy like as possible mm. with their movements. And I like you can like I believe that they were walking around toys as really like too, like you said. Mm -hmm. Um and also it just seemed like they were having a blast with with like designing these things. Cause he even had like new designers like just be like, Yeah, put in something for a Gorgonite. And you can oh, like that's cool, yeah. So like all these different designers had different ideas for Gorgonites and like they're all like vastly different the way they're designed. Like all like the com Commando Elite are all very uniform, but they have their fun features too. But yeah. Gorgonites were kind of like a, just a free blank slate basically for a designer. So it, it must've been like a blast to like, just put in whatever you wanted. I think all the, the uh, uh, soldiers are pretty distinct too. Like I think they all look like they're, they are like, when I see them, I'm like, that would be a cool toy to have, you know? They are. Like I, I, all I meant was they were more uniform in that they were all people, basically. Sure, yeah. It's, people, it's... soldiers, they all have their features, but they're not like the, the Gorgonites obviously are like a free for all kind of. You can do whatever you want. Continue yeah, on your you. point. I just wanted to clarify what I meant. No, no, you're fine. I get it. Um, yeah, but I was just saying, I think that, yeah, I like, you know, you had the cigar chomping guy, you had the guy with the big, big teeth, the big buff guy, and like, they all had interesting voices. This is a good, like, I don't know. Uh, well, we'll get more into that later. But I was just like, they did a good job of not making any of the toys obnoxious, including the the Gorgonites. Like, they're all, they all have, like, silly personalities, but they're all very, like, they're all kind of subdued, you know? They all seem yeah. kind of sad. And it works, I guess, because it's like, that's what, you know, they all hide and, the whole point is like they're supposed to be the villains and they're supposed to hide. They're supposed to lose, but they're all very just like, I don't know, just like the way that even the guy that like is supposed to be like the zany one, like he, he's not quite, he's not zany he's enough like, to be obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Gorgonites were all about getting the gang back together. Yeah. Classic gang of Harry Shear, Christopher Guest, and Frank Langella. Those three guys always chilling, always hanging. <laughs> Mike McKeon. Uh, I was kidding about Franklin Jones because he kind of sticks out. Um, <laughs> but it cracks me up that they're all like comedy, like 
uh, voice actors and then Frank Langella is the leader. It's just very funny that they got like a famous like serious actor as Archer. He had to be he had to deliver some lines though. Like he had to be pretty Oh, know, it was I perfect. Mean, yeah, he had to be a little bit more serious. Um but yeah, it's beautiful. And uh I, I don't know if I I don't know if this is a good movie. I have to say personally, I don't I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I just like I'm not exactly sure, but um, I just think but, it's. A, oh, go ahead. I'm just saying, by what like metric are you going by? Like, you didn't enjoy it, or you just didn't think it was like. I, I guess when I'm watching a movie, I would just go by did did I waste my time watching this, or did I have a great time? Yeah, but there's in between though. You know, you ever watch a movie and it's like it's not like I didn't regret watching it, like. But it's not anything I was like, because a lot uh, I usually judge it by it's like how interested am I, am I in some something from it? Like, do I need to learn something uh, about it? You know, do I need to research this or that about it? Like, and we've done that a lot with movies we've watched where I've really wanted to like read up on how this was done or you know how they got this person to do the voice and this. I was just kind of like, yeah, you know, like. I do. I wasn't very. Uh, I wasn't moved to do any any additional um, research or or really think about it too much because I also don't think it's. I mean, it's it's interesting. I think like the things that make it the most interesting are are what we've already talked about, like how realistic the toys are and how good they look when they move and and like the voices that are are good and like the designs are are perfect. But like, I don't, I don't like that, that main character kid. Like, I just think he's, I'm not, they weren't quite sure what he was supposed to be. Cause he's like supposed to be a, a troubled teen, but he seemed pretty, like pretty dead set on, on being kind of like a responsible kid. Like, you know, well, I don't yeah, know. He, he wasn't a bad boy at all. Like, yeah. He didn't even, he didn't look like he could have been a bad boy. He, he's a nerd. Like there's, this kid did not get kicked out of two schools. I don't care. Like. There's no way he got kicked out of two schools. Like, I almost feel like that's something he said. Like, and then his dad would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I get if he's like a bit of a screw up, you know, or if it's like, oh, we trusted you with this. And it's like, you know, you just kind of make rash decisions and you just need to like sit down and think things through a little bit more like that kind of person. But like mm -hmm. someone that would get kicked out of two schools, no way. And the Kirsten Dunst thing, like, I don't know. I thought that was a weird little romance that they had. It felt she just feels a little bit older than him. So just I know. Kind of... Yeah, she it didn't fit, even though I think at that age, girls just always seemed older than boys anyway, because I think mm -hmm. they're supposed to be about 15, 16. I don't know. The whole yeah, thing was I a little bit so. creepy because she seemed too old for him. And then her actual boyfriend seemed too old for her. Yes. So it was a very weird dynamic between all three of them, because Especially when that guy, like her boyfriend, kept trying to get back in the house. I was like, that girl's like 14 years old. Yeah. Get out of here. Um, but like that, that kind of creeped me out, especially like uh, her parents, like obviously he didn't know her parents were drugged, but at the time her parents are drugged inside. And then, right. I don't know. The whole thing was creepy because he seemed like 18. Yeah, he seemed then, too old. And she seemed like she was probably 15, 16. Yeah, and I I don't even know if it would have been as creepy if Alan wasn't her other love interest. I think yeah. that is what made it weird because he seems so young and you're like, okay, so she could go with either one of these guys? That doesn't work. 
Like one of these guys has to be wrong, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Either she's 17 and she's with an age-appropriate boy or she's underage and Alan should be her, like, age range. Yeah. It it was unsettling, I think. Yeah, and then it just... There's a lot of it that I'm just like, yeah, this this is uncomfortable. I didn't feel, um, yeah, like you said, it's just like it. The whole age range is still. It feel it felt a little bit like, um, we'll say like Bart, uh, dating that next door neighbor kid. Remember that oh, episode yeah. where it's just kind of like she's clearly not like he thinks she's interested, but he's you know he's just kind of developing a crush, and and she's like no dude like you're clearly too young for me and then jimbo enters um <laughs> enter jimbo <laughs> and then where's the jimbo in this movie he rode a motorcycle uh but i'm just saying it's just like it felt like it sh- almost she should have been like you know keep at it kid like that should have almost been the relationship they had you know she's like she's the next door neighbor he has a crush on her but it's like it never gets past that. Like they went like full on romance with them at the end. Yeah. Um, it, it, I think that was all thrown together that I don't know. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I agree that this movie was not, I, I think it was more thrown together. And I think like with your point with not wanting to like delve further into like how they do stuff. I don't think it was as interesting as like Jurassic park and gremlins because gremlins, like both those movies, you can tell a lot of mechanics went into each shot. Yeah, and I think small soldiers. You can tell that they're great designs, but you can tell that they're all CGI. Like he said, I think hmm. he said it was one third, one third puppetry, the rest CGI. Like, um, and I think, or, like I think when I was reading it, said originally they did want to do like full on puppetry, like the rest of the movies. And I don't know if it would have been like a better movie with that or not. Hmm. I don't know if they could have done more. Like, but I, I think the... I thought the design CGI was. Yeah, this is good. <laughs> I thought that they looked pretty good. I thought they looked really good. Like they did look good. They made it look like it was almost like stop motion, but it was just like smoother. You know, it felt almost. Good to watch. But I think because it was it's ninety CGI, which isn't is uh, isn't as strong as CGI now. And even though CGI can look like crap now, even though it's supposed to be fantastic. Right, but I right. think at that time it was smooth enough that you could tell it wasn't natural. It wasn't like gremlins where you're fully, you're kind of fully into okay. the gremlins being real almost because they move like, so like, even though they're puppets, they're kind of moving within the world. And I think with the small soldiers, even though they are moving within the world, technically it's smooth enough where you're like, something's not right. Mm. I would say the opposite. Really? I'd say that Gremlins is in a in a good way something's not right. Like I think it adds to them being creepy with the way that they move because they always kind of do a little like um you know, just like a little like you know, just you could tell someone's kind of operating them thing. And it's like huh. that's how these characters looked in small soldiers but it's like of course they do because they, they are kind of they look like they're moving like someone's taking their hands because that's how they would move because they're toys you know that's how their joints would operate i think yeah. they it was like a lot of times i almost felt like you know, it was like a couple scenes where they're like riding around on the machines and stuff that it just kind of looked a little silly it looked like they had like a toy on the back of a car like it looked like 
you know, that was just something dragging along. Like, and I'm sure a lot of those scenes that that's was the case, but like, I don't know. I just, I felt like it, that wasn't the problem that it wasn't. Um, I thought, I felt like, and especially for it being like 98, cause I feel like it's almost like they did pay more attention to that in the eighties or it's just because they didn't have so much CGI, you know, it was more practical stuff. And here I'm almost like, this feels more like an eighties movie because it looks so much like it's, you know, kind of moving as if somebody's like doing a stop motion kind of thing. Did it make you a little bit mad? Because it made me a little bit mad when in one of the early scenes, uh, Alan is riding his bicycle before he even knows anything about the toys. He's kind of kind of is suspicious that something's happening. Mm. He's leaving the toy store. He's going back to his house. He's got Archer and he doesn't know about the Commando Elite tracking him yet. But that one Commando Elite latches himself onto the tire and starts climbing up on the bike. Yeah, yeah. He has no effect on the bike whatsoever, which stresses <laughs> me out. Like he pulls on the chain. Alan just keeps riding. He he gets like under the tire. Alan just keeps riding. Nothing he's doing is affecting Alan's style of riding at all. And it stresses me the fuck out. You want him it. to be like harmed or like no, you're hoping he would like kick him off or something? Yeah, I'm it should be at least a little bit of a fight, I felt like. Because otherwise that scene was kind of pointless. Because he grabs onto the bike and he makes no like there's there's no difference between him being on the bike and being off the bike. He wasn't, um, he wasn't like doing anything. So I, like, but, yeah. and it's, and I think it's stressful because like, even though like, um, I didn't want Alan harmed, obviously I didn't want him to fall off the bike, but it should have. The only thing that happens at the very end when the toy falls off, he's like, must've hit a pothole. That's the <laughs> only effect this toy had on the whole dragging on the bicycle like scene now hold on did they did they not take the the chip out of that guy's head no this was uh the first guy and they just popped his legs back on the second guy gets destroyed i think by the dog and then that's the guy that dies because his battery died and there's one also that got stuck in the uh disposal yes that's later no, that um, the disposal they were about to drop Archer down the disposal when they got um, and then somebody shoves one of the toys down there and turns it on and his legs get cut off, right? Or am I remembering this wrong? I, I don't but remember. There's that a, a lot of that kind of stuff in in Gremlins and this movie too. That's why I, I'm getting confused now because I know that happens in Gremlins where he gets yeah. stuck in, and then he gets microwaved in Gremlins. So I I I think because Joe Don it's clearly Joe Dante's style. Yeah, throughout yeah. this so i think that the, some of the scenes kind of get mixed in um they both have badass women like knocking the fuck out of tiny things they've got um the mom and gremlins fucking stuff up and then they have the the mom and small soldiers with her tennis racket fucking what crap a, up what a strange mom character i like, loved her though i know i did too but it was like she's not like she's not like the other girls um that's a lot <laughs> uh, really cheesy line god i hate that yeah um but yeah it was just like she was kind of almost set up like she was gonna be like obnoxious or like you know like kind of a villain like stereotypical like you know suburban housewife kind of person but then she's like <laughs> also just a badass but doesn't change anything it's just like that's who she is like she yeah. handled every situation like that like she was just really cool under pressure it's like okay i gotta do this thing now or i'm gonna hit these missiles back and her husband toys. just cheered her on which i liked she was just yeah. kind of like that's her 
Um, and I liked when she called David Cross and uh, Jay Moore nerds. <laughs> like, yeah. She's just kind of like, she was putting everybody where they needed to go. She goes, you guys, nerds. Yeah. <laughs> Get over there. And I like how, I love how Phil Hartman's character is like a total jackass, almost tries to keep her out of a closet where she's getting attacked. Like he's hiding in a closet. And But it's not like he ever got anything. I guess their house got destroyed, but it's like he never really got anything. It's just kind of like, it's just like, no, he's a shitty dude. And at the end, it's fine. Like they all went <laughs> through this and they all kind of like are working together. And it's like, he didn't, you know, he's not like that stereotypical guy where you see him get kicked in the nuts or like something happens to his, like, his wife. I know, like, nothing oh, bad happens. Like, he's just shitty. He's just a shitty guy. <laughs> in all fairness, it was his satellite that saved the Gorgonites. In the well, end, yeah. So I think Phil Hartman's redemption is right there. <laughs> Plus he's Phil Hartman, which is hard to stay mad at. I mean, he's just being Phil Hartman. I bet they're almost <laughs> like they had a scene like that in there. They're like, it's Phil Hartman. Like, no matter what Phil Hartman is doing, you would just be like, "Oh my god!" Like, I mean, look at Bill O'Neill. Like, er, uh, every time he's screaming, like you're like, "I'm on his side." <laughs> in news radio, um, oh, what was I gonna say? I think from the start of this movie, it it cracks me up. I think because it's so unbelievable how all this stuff happened. Like, not that it mm. has to be believable, but I think Gremlins had more of like a setup where it's like something's yeah. gonna happen but this is like literally why did like okay so in this movie in a nutshell they get these these toy designers have mm. these two big ideas this they put it in front of this uh big toy executive he's like no but they have to be like this like high class thing and they're like no mm. problem we're gonna like get these toys out as soon as possible this guy logs onto a computer um types in um government like chips and then mm -hmm. he's just delivered them immediately and there's no questioning there's no there's no telling the audience why they were just permitted to have these chips and well, put think... into toys in a mass like it wasn't like they were it's not like the movie megan where it was mm -hmm. one toy like three toy developers like making a secret project this was an actual like release of toys that they put these these military grade chips in so like these are being that that paper had to be signed multiple times. They don't explain that. They just see one dumb guy type in the chips he wanted, and then the computer's like, "Here you go." Yeah, but they go. They're somehow connected to the military, aren't they? They're not just toy creators. Wasn't yeah? The the company is is connected to the military. So right. it was all. I think the Globo Corp Corporation was supposed to be like affiliated with all of those. But they knew they were going to toys because when they go talk to the developer developer later of the, the chips themselves, who tells them the weakness of the chips, he knows that they were going to toys. He said that. He said, it's the programming of your toys. So he huh. knew that these military-grade chips are going to toys, and he didn't give a shit. But yeah, he's like, that's like, fine. He's like, they're learning chips. They're dangerous. You put them <laughs> into toys. That's so your problem. You got what you, you paid for. Um, I also like that, like, I mean, they clearly thought it was clever to have him, um, for David Cross's character to say his password out loud, and then the other dude heard it, so when he was typing in his, like, they gave him passwords, he lost 
The other dude lost his password. So when he's typing into the computer to buy the chips, he remembers David Cross's password because he said it out loud, types it in. That doesn't matter at all. Like it doesn't like, come back to him. Like David Cross. No one blames David Cross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it has not, he just says later, like he used my password and they're like, oh, like, and it wasn't even his password. <laughs> that changes fucking everything. Because like if for if whatever were... reason, David Cross had more clearance than you or something. Right. Like that's all it had to be. It's like, we don't trust you with this. Yeah. And we're going to give this responsibility to this guy because you're clearly untrustworthy. Then that would just build the idea. It's like, okay, this guy, he's, he does this stuff a lot. You know, he's clearly gifted at selling things, but he makes a lot of bad decisions, you know? So don't trust him with anything like this. And, you know, then it would make sense that you could even tie it back to just like, okay, well, if David Cross's character is asking for this, then it must be legitimate because we trust this guy, you know? Yeah. Like, and maybe that's what it was supposed to be, but they seem like they had the same access. He just lost his password. So exactly. that's why I think this, I think that this movie, the the appeal of this movie is more that the puppeteers had a good time more than anything else. The story's mm. not that good. But you can tell that everybody had a great time. And yeah. I like that in movies. Yeah, it's it's like it was I don't know. I don't, I even have I struggle to say it was that fun. Um I just didn't like there were parts that were kind of fun, but I could almost tell it's like, oh, this is this should be fun, you know? And I like, like chaos, I think. So I, I wouldn't mm -hmm. I agree with you. I don't think that the movie as a whole is a good movie, but I think the part from when the the Gwyn dolls come alive yeah. to the final scene of the movie, I think is just a very fun sequence. I think up till then, it's a little boring. It's slow. The plot doesn't really make sense. But those fight scenes are just so fun. Yeah, that, that part is fun where she's swinging at them and they're tying people up. I like yeah. that they did they carry the kid down and put him in the closet because they tied him up in the room. And then later they open the closet and the kid is tied up in the closet. This the Kirsten Dunst character has a younger brother and they the younger brother gets tied up. I think the commandos tie him up. But they did. He's just like they did they carry him downstairs and throw him in a closet? How did he get in that closet? Why is he in the uh, closet? See, you're asking too many questions. But these are the this things is I, a I, story about puppets having fun. If this were a better movie, I wouldn't pay attention to that stuff because I don't care about that stuff, you know? But I'm right. like, that was so quick. That was so obvious to me when I saw it because it was just like, they, they're they doing a lot of things where it's like, why didn't you just do this very simple thing? You know, why didn't you have them tie him up in the closet? Why didn't you make it some reason? why? Because they tied him up and then they left him in the room. So how did he get down in the closet? Maybe this is some stupid, like, bullshit cinema sense thing. And it's like, well, if you actually paid attention, you would see that they rolled them down the stairs or something. And I don't, I don't think it's that deep. Um... Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's just like, you know, I don't want to be like, oh, oh, that was terrible. They overlooked it. And it's like, no, it's a very simple explanation. But I just don't remember. And there's just a couple of things like that where I was just like, that doesn't, why did they do it that way? Well, I mean, um, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense. Like, they take one tiny chip out of one toy and they turn, like, what, 50 Gwyn yeah. dolls alive with it? Yeah. That well, turn the, into Sarah Michelle Geller and Christina Ritchie. Like, they're just walking around. And why do they all have female voices 
when the chip is was a male voice that's true and they know they uh, they know to say lines from gwyn dolls who don't presumably don't have their lines because they don't they're not speaking yeah unless they were like they had a voice box and then they they came to life and then it was but it did they never really i don't know yeah that was that stuck out to me too i was just like why do they all talk like that why wouldn't they just have them all kind of sound like that dude I it kind of would have been funnier. You're right yeah. if they, if they did all sound like the dude. Even though I liked the the Sarah Michelle Gellar and Christina Ritchie like addition, but like you're right, it probably would have been funnier if they all sounded like that guy. Yeah, or just I don't know, explain that a little bit more. Just yeah. like I think it was just the thing where it was almost like the, the this technology is really cool. This all looks really cool. Let's not, you know. I do, I do think that this movie was was presented to be visually appealing more than anything. And I guess mm. on that note, was like I what was really fun to me uh, outside of like the the character like uh like draw ups in general mm. was I love when in movies like this um, where toys have to like make something out of just like everyday materials around the house. Um, I always think it's super fun to see what they came up with. Like I, I like that they like have like the razor blades that they like turn like they they knew what to, like to find within the um the houses to like turn into like little like warships and mm. like the gorgonites like put stuff together to like create their own things too. I just think that's fun. So like um mm-hmm. it's kind of like Rube Goldberg like projects, especially at the very beginning when the commando elites are like like getting together for the first time. They're in the toy store. I like thinking that the toys had to like build the puzzle like of the American flag to like put behind him before he makes his speech. Oh it's yeah, supposed to be, like it's supposed <laughs> to be like Patton esque, and like but like there's a bunch of things like that where they just build their own little sets out of like just like everyday objects around the house. And there's yeah. something about that that's super fun because the designers of the like the puppets and the just like the the scenery stuff in the background like had to like make those plans for mm. the toys, which is fun. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot of visual stuff that I think was really good. And I just think that there's just some lackluster stuff that got in the way. And that kid, that kid, whatever his name is, he's really mean. Alan? Like, yeah, Alan. Of course it's Alan. They say Alan a lot in this movie. Um, <laughs> Alan. Alan. Um, <laughs> but he, like, he was just mean to everybody. He was mean to the toys. Like he just had a really bad attitude, and like everything, he's like, "Is this?" Oh, Paul, this? He he's like, oh, down "Did you touch school. my computer?" Like, I know there was like kid. no. He was not excited about these toys being real. No. Like he did not care that uh, um, Archer, like leader of the Gorgonites, was talking to him like a like that's fucking cool. Yeah, like, he was acting like it was no big thing at all. I liked it when I liked it when he got back at him. Uh, Archer and didn't say anything when his parents were there. Yeah, he's like, "Why did you say anything?" He's like, "Oh, I'm just cheap plastic or whatever." He said, "Like he's like, fuck you. I'm not gonna help you if you're not gonna help me." I just fuck like him up, Archer. Yeah, I um, I don't know. He just had it. He had a he had a very '90s kid attitude, and uh, you know, I was I reading the trivia the trivia for uh, Small Soldiers, and I guess the ori- the original casting for Alan they wanted the kid from Jurassic Park. Oh, who I think okay. is is it's like Joe Mazzello or something. 
um, bad at names, we all know. Uh, but that the kid that was in Jurassic Park, like he was old enough to be in the role at that time. But like, it, I wonder if it would have been because I I know he's been in a few things since, um, but I mostly know him from Jurassic Park. So it'd be mm-hmm. funny because he was kind of like a sweet kid in Jurassic Park. I wonder if he would have like been better than Alan at all, <laughs> or like uh, it was like Gregory something that actually had the role of Alan. But I wonder if it would have made a difference. It might have. I don't know. What was that kid busy? What was he doing? <laughs> he was like still. Uh, he's like, well, he's still, I'm still thinking Park. about <laughs> still in Jurassic Park. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's told you, but the Raptors are still fucking loose. <laughs> Sam Neil, where the hell did he go? They just <laughs> left. They took off. <laughs> yeah, I. Um, that's a missed opportunity for someone. Yeah, it just um, said that he was the original choice. So, yeah, it, what, you would assume that he would have been the one that said that he couldn't do it if he was the original choice. Which would have been have. a weird, weird uh, career role for this guy. This guy yeah. that actually got cast or the other guy? The the guy that would have turned it down, the Jurassic Park kid. Yeah, what happened to him? Is he in movies now? He we'll was talk in, about that. Uh, I think he's in a TV show currently, if, if I remember correctly. But he was in... Um, the Queen movie. I forget what it was called. We Will Rock You, maybe? Oh, the band The Queen. Yeah, I think he played, like, the bass player. Oh, wow. So he's still doing stuff. Yeah, I think he's still in movies, but I don't I don't know what his career was like after, like, right after Jurassic Park, and he's still um, a child star. He's just a little kid. He, um, yeah, this kid, had he had a classic 90s haircut, and he said classic 90s things. I think you should be aware, if you're a filmmaker, it's like, this, this haircut will not stand the test of time um you need to just have a regular haircut <laughs> you have to know in the future that this is going to go out of style there's no way anybody saw oh, that. if joe if joe dante could do that paul then he would be the <laughs> hero of the 90s well he maybe suggested it and someone was like no 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 like that's probably what happened i think he probably was pretty like he was like no you can't do this weird like i just imagined joe dante keeps coming over, like into the room he's like uh, they're like get out of here man you gotta quit telling us like what's cool and what's not cool and he's like that haircut you guys you're gonna want it short you're gonna want it neat you know you see like there's obviously 90s style or 80s style in these 80s films but a lot of times you just got a dude and he's like this is like a haircut i could have you know but you see these kids and it's like that haircut i very i i remember when that exact haircut was popular and it was popular yeah. for like you know two years maybe oh like yeah i think like when boy meets world was popular because i think it i think it might have become popular because of boy meets world do you think i thought it was that jonathan taylor thomas fellow oh that's i think those are probably what do you think those were co-current running probably i don't know Yeah, yeah jonathan taylor thomas you're right and then i think the kid from boy meets world had that haircut and then those Mm -hmm. were like the two big crushes of the 90s and then uh, the Hanson brothers. Yeah. Theirs was um, longer, though. They just had Their long hair, hair was longer. They still have the same hair today. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> I saw them. Um, Zach. Probably. Was he the I baby? Remember. I don't remember. No, the baby. I don't remember the... I was never big <laughs> on Hanson. I don't even remember if there was... was I don't baby. even think Umbop is fun. I do. I think Umbop's really fun. I did. Maybe I've heard it too many times. And it's one of those trendy songs to do if you're doing like a, oh, we're going to do like a swing version. 
it's always like umbop or uh or, you always um, say things like that like it's a normal thing that people are looking at like it's like yeah when you're looking at swing versions of 90 song that's the one they always choose and i'm like who's looking at swing versions of 90 songs besides you you don't spend like two hours every night regretting the fact that you watched like what 90 was, swing versions of songs what was the song you hated last week just because it was like part of a thing you hated the ducktales theme because it was part of something weird i that uh, no one else would have done but you i oh stand by my hatred for the ducktales song i think it's poorly written and i think it's we don't just ha- we don't have to revisit it I'm no just saying- no because i just need people to know that this isn't just some you know th- this isn't just some passing thing you know if you need if you really want to know I, I do not like that song. And yes, that guy didn't help. And I see his dumb face every time I hear it. I see his face in my head and it makes me mad. And it's not, it, maybe it's not fair, but I don't think it's a good song already. All right. Well, we're done with that. I I want to go back to. <laughs> Did we get complaints? To... No, we didn't get complaints. I'm complaining. Um, oh, okay. I want to go back to David Cross and Jay Moore and the toys because okay. we already talked about how the kind of the plot hole of them getting the chips in general, the one guy has like having the password and it made no difference. On top of that, when David Cross enters the house for mm. the first time, he, like he knows there's an issue because Alan left the message. They go to the house to like investigate the toys. He's amazed to see Archer, which. Mm was very confusing to me because was the last time he saw these toys as the the paper product that he gave the like the people that was he did he have did these these two men did they have nothing else to do with the development mm-hmm. they didn't know. even see these toys before they left like the that like they didn't do any testing they didn't show like they didn't do anything else with these toys they just gave the papers <laughs> and they said these are what they do and then they, they were put done these insane microchips into their heads and because uh, that's basically what what that suggests because he had never seen archer as a full toy before and he'd never seen the rest of the gorgonites that was like he was amazed that they were all real i guess but, so, like i guess if you're a designing it what this was a major development. Like they were about to open, like they were about to sell these toys in a week. Yeah. Even if you're the designer, you wouldn't have like, what, what were they doing? They just like, they design and then they just like take a hiatus. I don't know. Maybe they didn't get to see, get to see it. The final thing, you know, like maybe they, they did walk through the whole process and, uh, you know, they did, you know, they did all the designing, they, you know, made the parts move the way they were supposed to, you know, a lot of diagrams, stuff like that, but you don't get to see it. You know, it's like going to the movie theater, you work, you know, you film, you edit, uh, you act, you do whatever you do in this movie, then you sit down, you watch it, it becomes a complete thing. So perhaps this is as if David Cross's character is for the first time experiencing his creation, um, Maybe even in the wild too, because it's like, oh wow, that's our thing. That's the thing we made. You know? The only ma- but the only way that that makes sense. So like the okay, so to say that they were just the designers and then that was their that was the end of their input on these toys. So they just like put in the design and uh it sounded like the programming, because it sounded like they did the programming, which which all together would have meant that they had more to do with the actual production of the toys, but I'll leave that. 
but like why why were they the two that had to go fix the situation then <clears throat> were they or did they just decide didn't they track down the kid because he left they they left them a message yeah and i think they just went and tracked him down i think they, and they were took, yeah like, they took it upon themselves but if they're still that involved in the product why would they not have seen the like they, they if he was that involved in the after stuff then wouldn't he have been part of the development of the toys well yeah i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know I, guess... I just thought it was i just thought it was super funny that he was like archer like you're a full like product i was like how how did you not see archer till now well and i i i like that scene though because i like that he's so like excited sweet. and he's like ex he, he he likes them like this fucking alan kid could get couldn't give a shit that these toys came to life and are talking. I know it's almost like that game. happens to him every day. Yeah, it felt like that. It's like this is like the third time that week he's taken something from his dad's store and it came to life. Like, <laughs> but David Cross, who, like you're saying, built these toys, you know, was there from the beginning. He's so excited, but I just take that more as just like, there, you you guys are here. Like, and I like that it's especially the Gorgonites because he was like, he seemed to have some sort of bond with them, you well, know? Well, he designed, he designed the Gorgonites. Jay Moore designed the Commander Elite. Well, there you go. Um, you were paying more attention than I was. Um, but yeah, so that I just felt that was very sweet. And um, I like... Uh, I liked his uh, character in this whole thing, you know, like he's just, I liked, like they, they made him like kind of nerdy, but like he wasn't over the top, you know. Just, they gave him pretty much the same personality as the Gorgonites. The Gorgonites were just these yeah. chill little dudes that were just kind of like, I thought the scene where they're like talking and trying to find Gorgon is just one of the cutest scenes to me where they're all just kind of like, and beyond that. And they're all they all they just, they just want to go to Gorgon. That's all yeah. they want. Yeah, and it's just they're like, just these little dudes. They're all so nice to each other, and they all like each other, and they all yeah. just kind of chill out and like, yeah, they just want to go live in the woods. Like, it's there's a lot of very peaceful stuff in there. And then when they're sailing at the end in the boat, um, that's a that's it's a so really sweet. nice scene. I just yeah. like I just wish there was better stuff around that. And it's like I like the Commando Elite too. I think they're they were cool. I just like, what do you do? It's like, do you cut the humans out more? Like, what if you just had it in a toy shop, you know, like just let it be a real battle between them? Like, well, I just felt like, I almost feel like they had a tough time justifying why the humans were in this movie, you know? That was the funny part too, because it was, um, it, it's not like Gremlins where the entire town was terrorized. This was a very, like, it was, very centric on that one house that's the only thing that's the only place anything was going on to the yeah. point where there's a whole scene where the the they're playing loud music and the neighbors are just kind of like would you turn that shit off yeah and like just went back on their day so this is literally only happening to this one family on this one lawn and the other thing that's funny is like i i know that they're i i know that the whole movie wouldn't make sense if if we took this out but mm -hmm. like these are all where we all know that these are toys and that they're they're designed to fight each other so the fact that the humans put themselves in danger in danger to protect these toys at all is pretty funny i think maybe <laughs> at that in that in that capacity phil hartland's probably the only one that made any sense he's like give them the toys 
Yeah, yeah they're toys. They're they're toys. We're getting shot at with nail guns, and yeah. like there's you know flaming stuff coming into our house, and like there's just like yeah. I mean, he was right. Like sure, it's he talking. was treated as if he was like you know like he wanted to murder someone. Like it's I know. Like, they're plastic toys. He doesn't have any sort of bond with them. You Nobody know? does, but Alan, pretty yeah. much at this point. Like the they just learned that the toys were actually real and this is the situation was actually happening. So the fact that anyone sided with the toys is funny. It's like insane. I, I understand that like it, it got intense once the commando elite decided that the humans were part of the Gorgonites. Like that was a whole thing. Right. Because like, they said, Where did they get 17 from? And they're like, oh shit, the toys and us. So that's when they bonded together. But if they had uh, backed out when Phil Hartman wanted to back out, I think that they might have just had a toy battle that would have just been like, all right, toys destroyed. We killed each other. Yeah. And they would have just gone back to being toys. Like, and then you could have taken their little microchips out or something like uh, it could have easily, like if they left them in the toy store, like, yeah, they would have been fine. Like it was removing them. Yeah. Sorry. These toys knew they were toys. It's not a Toy Story situation mm-hmm. where they think they're alive. Chip Hazard went to the toy store to get more Commando Elites. <laughs> he was a toy and he fucking knew it. And he knew that his goal as a toy was to kill the other toys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, um, yeah. Phil Hartman does get a lot of shit, but all of his stuff was destroyed. Yeah. And he's just kind of a guy. Like I know he chopped that tree down, but like, whatever. This and this other dad, Alan's dad, makes me uncomfortable. He's that kind of dad. You're just like you have to like tiptoe around if you, it's your friend's dad. Like I he's agree. gonna get mad about something, and he just got he got uncomfortably upset with Alan for a lot of reasons. Like I know that like I don't know. I just I guess if we I know we're supposed to assume that this Allen kid is like had a troubled past, but I guess I just don't believe it. So it's like that when the dad accuses him of, of, of stealing his tools and selling them, like, yeah, I don't and then buy they that. Say that he's on <laughs> cocaine immediately. Yeah. That was, that was just a throw. I'm like, it doesn't really look like your kid does drugs. Look at, he's a fucking nerd. He's a um, nerd and he's got like a nerd room and he does nerd things. And like, he's it, trying to impress some girl. It's not yeah. like, He's not doing anything out of the ordinary. It's, and he worked at the store and he cleaned up after himself. He was working there. like And like the dad trusted him enough to leave him in charge of the store. Like that's a big thing for like a kid you don't trust at all. Yeah. Like to run the store. And he was doing it like no problem. And he was like pitching the toys and like, come on in. Like, what kind of toys do you like? Like he wanted to sell them you know wanted to sell stuff he wanted to the store to be successful and like um i don't know i just like yeah i don't I buy agree it with you yeah because we all we all had friends dads that were like that where you're just kind of like something fell off but you weren't sure exactly like i i don't think yeah. any of my friends parents like hurt them in any way but like it there's just like a feeling that you're like oh like there's all these rules if you like that you yep. can't upset their parents and like it was weird because we didn't really have those at our house it wasn't like i mean dad's never gonna yell at any of our friends no matter what it's just like mm, so it's it. always a weird environment not no matter what but like it's always a weird environment going somewhere else and being like these are the rules 
And that's how it felt with Small Soldiers. It's like, these are the rules. But you're right, Phil Hartman was, wasn't that kind of dad. He just seemed more like a distant dad. Yeah, he was fine. Um, I was going to say, if you do run around the house with water guns um, with your friends, dad will yell at you. Oh, I'm so. sorry that happened to you. <laughs> no, it was supposed to be funnier than that, but um, cut that whole sequence out. Um, and we were wearing togas and Chris Parthen was involved. I don't know. I'm sorry. This, this sounds more like your fault than dad's. I'm, I'm saying like that was, I totally understand why he was mad. I'm not saying like, dad, I couldn't believe he did that. I'm saying like, <laughs> that's a way to get dad angry, but no, he's not like that. I'm just saying this dad made me uncomfortable. And he what do you, hmm? what do you think of the, the music in this movie? Uh, I thought it was good. That like, good? I don't know. Like, it almost felt like you know there was that bit of like there's that guitar, you know, big heavy guitar like um song they would play, kind of supposed to be the theme song that like that, that would be the, yeah, that kind of like the GI Joe kind of thing and like yeah, just like a big like um mil- military movie kind of score. And I, I kind of liked it. It was, it was all right. I just didn't think it, like the song was that good, you know. You're kind of you're kind of hating on small soldiers. This whole I'm episode. just saying I don't. Think I it... I'm not saying it's a bad thing to hate small soldiers. Um, I what I, what I was gonna say is um, this movie is when I hear the war. What is it good for? This is the first movie mm. I know. That that's in a lot of commercials, a lot of movies. But if I hear that song, I think of the scene where all these, all the cars kind of come out that they made, and all the commando elites start going down the street, and it's like the battle's fucking on. Um, that's that like was the, good. Yeah, like that. That is such like a cliche song, but they did it, and I was like, yeah, that of course they picked that song. And you're right, it is like it's perfect for that, and it made me want to go listen to the song because I'm like, god damn, that's a good Didn't song. It? Yeah, like it's just such a big, and I don't know if it's just the yeah they just did a really good job. There is a couple scenes when they're coming out on the uh when they're coming out on the the carts that they built and stuff and the tanks and stuff like that was really cool. Like they did a good job with that, and it was it got to be uh you know there was parts of it that were a little terrifying, you know. Um, like I think the Gwyndall stuff was the scariest to me. That's like that's what I remember most as a kid is the the Gwyndalls. I think it was just because they were so like uh, Frankenstein together. It was like a. I think it was different than the rest. And yeah, I, there was a couple scenes where like they would cut Alan or he would get shot with something. Like there was a lot of like they actually took damage kind of shots yeah it was like oh that's like there's real danger here like they might be toys and they might be like not doing enough harm to like kill you but like they're hurting you and they're they're like they're able to like actually draw blood you know yeah like and that made it a little bit more terrifying because i was like there's a couple times like i can't remember if he gets hit by any of this like um and sometimes he did (laughs) like he bounced back pretty quick, but like he would get shot with stuff and he got stabbed at the end. It is uncomfortable because like, can you imagine something firing just a nail at you from across yeah. the room? Like that would, if it actually went in like that, uh, that does hurt you. 
I was thinking that same thing because I was watching the uh, Night at Muse- Night at the Museum. I was rewatching that, mm-hmm. and it has a similar thing where all like all the tiny um, little dudes are like firing their their little uh, bow and arrows and like little dart guns. Yeah, and they're hitting Ben Stiller like in the hand where he has to like pull him out like little like fine oh, pills. I hate that. And yeah. I'm like, oh. Like that, like it makes me queasy, and I felt that same way with Small Soldiers. It's like yeah. it's it's que like uh, it's almost worse. It's like it's like a little kid in Pet Cemetery that has the little scalpel. Like Achilles tendon shit is like way scarier oh, than just being yeah. stabbed. Yeah, just as doing that little bit of damage, it's like that could happen. Yeah, and it's just like oh, I just it you could feel it, and um, I yeah, there's definitely a lot of that. I'll say I was gonna say one other thing, but I can't remember what it is, so I'm just gonna jump into this plane. Okay. Um, this also had the uh Rover Dangerfield disease of uh, being a movie that was originally supposed to be for adults and they wanted to create it for kids. So oh yeah. Definitely a lot that you could tell. I think this would have been a better movie if they just let them do it more like a Gremlins, where it's like straight up terrifying and there's a lot of like like you don't you know just just lean into that kind of stuff a little bit more um and i think it would have been would have been better yeah i think it was like right before it went to theater that they they took it they took it to a a, like they decided to change it to the kids stuff because i think it was like already like done editing when they did that and they had to go back and take out like like extra explosions and shit yeah, was that all it was? Is it just a couple of extra th- like anything that would make it PG the, to PG thirteen or something? The only thing that uh, it said explosions. It said there was a lot oh. more explosions, and I guess the only thing that made it a PG thirteen rating was the drugging of the parents. Oh, really? Yeah, that was what. That's what pushed it over. That is a. That's also kind of an uncomfortable scene. Um, yeah. I guess I see that, and it's also like you don't want to put that in kids' minds. Like maybe if we put sleeping pills and mommy's you know, drink. I didn't think of it that way because I was wondering. I was like, why did that push it over the edge? But you're right. That probably that's a new idea for kids. <laughs> yeah. As adults, we know how to drug people, no problem. And they were kids? fine. Like they put <laughs> they put a lot of those in there. They like woke up after like thirty minutes, and they're like, hey what happened like they were completely like back to normal yeah the mom was loopy for a while oh yeah but, yeah phil hartman was pretty pretty much snapped back yeah um yeah she was supposed camp. to be all drugged up when she what they turned on wannabe to do psychological warfare, oh yeah and then she's like i love this song she's supposed <laughs> to be all drugged up yeah. yeah, that's what pushed it over. But you agree with Roger Ebert in the end, where he gave this a thumbs down because he thought it would be terror terrorizing kids. I know. I agree with that point. I think <laughs> it should have been like you know. There's scenes in Gremlins. Well, you know, there's similar stuff though because there are scenes where it's like he's got the chainsaw. You know, like they do real damage. They cut him. They bleed, you know, the, the humans bleed and there's there's parts where you're just like, you're not 100% sure how they're going to get out of it. And that's what makes that movie so terrifying. And it's like, I think they got, they had the right uh, formula for, for what was terrifying. Like if they just leaned into it a little more, those little dudes were terrifying when they all started to come out and like, 
you know, just the way that they were acting and the way that they're all so gung ho about this. And it's like, yeah. well, they they don't really have morality. They're not going to get to a point where they're like, what are we doing? Like, they're just built that way. And it's like, there's a lot of things that I feel like, um, you know, could have made it more. Yeah, I think creepy is the right word or scary. Like it could have been more of a horror thing. And it just didn't really end up feeling like much of anything. I guess. Yeah, that's what sucks about like all like the background stuff that movies have to go through. Because yeah, who knows what it could have been if they just let like it be what it was supposed to be. But because they wanted to sell toys, they had to like dumb it, like not dumb it down, but like make it kid friendly. And then right. what what they wound up with was something that like not very many people connected to at all. But then they outsold toys, so I guess they still got what they wanted. So. Like production companies are gonna keep doing that kind of shit because they didn't get what they wanted in the long run. So who cares if like the, I mean, especially I I don't know. There's like a, so much shit going on with like movies coming out now where they're like filming the entire movie and then shutting the whole thing down as soon as it's done for like tax write offs. Yeah, which is the saddest thing. Can you imagine like being like filming a whole movie and then just it never coming to life yeah, at it's all? Just like, just nope, so some over. company could have like more money. I, it's I the know. worst it's so thing sad. ever. Yeah, it's not the worst thing ever, obviously. But in <laughs> the me, worst thing in the world right now. I can't, I can't think of a single other thing happening in the world right now except for <laughs> movies getting... I know, it, it's just like there's so much effort put into this and there's so many moving parts and so many people that like... And it's just like, no, that's it. It's gone. Like, yeah. just let... Like, why can't, does it not just not have to exist? And, like, what kind of human being do you have to be to make that decision? <laughs> like, It's scary how much someone can care about money. I just don't... Like, it's something yeah. I can't even wrap my head around is that yeah. that much greed to the point where you're not even using that kind of money anymore. It's just sitting there just so you can remain rich. That's all it like, is. It's just, like, you're... Yeah, you don't need it. You You could live the rest of your life and not ever really struggle. I think there there's a line, you know, and I think pe it's hard to know when to get out and you just, so the people don't, and then they have more money and then it's just like, they're afraid that they're going to lose their money. So they have to make more money. And then it becomes the thing, you know, like yeah. it's the Sims disease. You do the uh, mother load sheet. I know I was going to bring that up. Yeah, but it's true. Because what happens, you lose all interest in the game. and then Yeah, you, you don't care about them at all. You don't care yeah. about the Sims. And then you just have a room full of pinball machines. But like, and everyone's <laughs> depressed. <laughs> That's exactly it. Because the whole joy of that game is if you're like, you're actually playing it and you're, you know, making decisions and you're trying to get them through stuff and like, yeah. then you feel, but it's like, as soon as you do that fucking money load cheat, the game it sucks it's like same with like animal crossing you do like you hit it big with the the bells and then it's just like this isn't that fun yeah. like there's you don't so, have there... to sell anything so there's no incentive to catch bugs or anything right like it, all of it's like it is it is fun but it's almost like you need that extra reason to be doing it you and do. yeah as soon as that's gone um yeah it just completely takes takes away from any joy of it and it's like that's what it feels like it's just this thing where it's like you're not enjoying these movies you're not enjoying like you know you don't care about anything going on you don't care about like how much this means to anybody any individual involved in it it's just literally like well it's a number 
you know, like yeah, I can just make get a nanny for your Sims kids so you can find creative ways to murder them outside. <laughs> exactly. Um, but well, yeah. On that note, do you have anything else to say about small soldiers? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. I um, I guess I don't have anything else to say. Sorry, I did uh, it that way. I just um, <laughs> I was like trying to draw it out, so I was like, "Is there anything else?" But I think I said everything I want to say, and I I just want to say, I just feel like this is, it's it's nice that it exists, you know. But like, I don't. It's like I would never. Uh, I feel like I could never see it again. I'd be fine. I I don't know. I'll probably watch it again. I I enjoy that it exists, and I I like the Gorgonites. Um, mm, sure. I don't know. I would own. I would own a Gorgonite. Which one? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I kind of like the 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 big um, smash guy. The rhino like, guy. Yeah, not the rhino guy though. Ooh. Oh Ooh. yeah yeah yeah. Okay. I like him. I like the Frankenstein guy, the one they build with He's the radio. Um, they're all cool though. Yeah, I would play with if I had those toys. I'd have all those toys. I'm kind of surprised we didn't have any of those toys. Um, I don't, I remember the Burger King um, toys. I don't remember them actually being merch in the store, but I mean, they had to have been if they outsold the movie. Yeah. I don't really remember them. I don't remember anyone having those toys. Cause I'm, I'm sure that they were like, um, full figures that like, uh, cause I mean, Toy Story had like the, the full buzz that yeah. he pushed all the buttons and he said all his lines. He said all the things, yeah. I'm like they had to have been like to that degree. They they must have been if they outsold. If you're saying what you're saying is correct, and the sales for the toys was more than the the sales of the movie. Everything then... I'm saying is definitely <laughs> correct. <laughs> But if it were, then yes. And I, you're, you know, just thinking back at the toys, you know, you had your Ninja Turtles, you had your Power Rangers. Um, we had a bunch of Earthworm Jim figurines for some reason. I don't know where they came from or where they are right now. Um, but like, I don't remember anybody having Star Wars, of course, everybody had the Star Wars toys. I don't remember anybody having small soldiers toys. I don't either. <clears throat> Who are these kids that had them? Were so, they I don't know. I was just going to tell you as an aside that um, Michael McKean did the voice of the toy that you want and Christopher Guest did the voice of the toy that I like. Just so you know. Okay. It means nothing. But I just wasn't sure and I looked. Which one's Harry Shearer? Harry Shearer is Punch It. Punch It. Who's Punch It? Who the hell I'm, is Punch I'm It? I'm looking right now. Why wouldn't the guy that punches things be? Punch oh, it? Harry, he was the Rhino. Uh, the Rhino okay. guy was Harry Shearer. Okay. And then my guy was Christopher Guest. The Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a good version of him. Thank you. All right. Well, I think that we we pretty successfully covered Small Soldiers. Pretty good. 
you know what? I think we did a really good job covering Snow Soldiers, and I think we learned a lot about ourselves in this conversation. Yeah, you're um, insufferable with your music <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> I was it was a teenage dirtbag. They all all the swing bands do teenage dirtbag too. There's other ones that they all do. They all do what? Um, swing bands. You know. Like they're just these they, these groups that do like covers of of popular songs, but they do them in different styles. They'll do like, you know, funk or 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 jazz or swing, and they'll they'll do like they'll do the get ups. Like there's one that's the guy dresses like a clown, and then you know like they'll they'll wear like fancy like uh you know swinging attire, and uh and they'll do all these songs, and they do they do teenage they do teenage dirtbag, and they do uh uh Stacy's mom. And they'll do uh, Umbop, and they'll do uh, you know whatever else. I will survive. You know those kind of songs. It's like those big songs that like they're they're pretty easy to play, and everybody knows them. And a lot of them too. There's a lot of pause. Oh, isn't it funny that this is a swing version of Stacy's mom? You know, a lot of like that kind of stuff. You know, they're more popular than it seems like they are. Maybe they they aren't, but I. <laughs> They always pop up and I, you know, I'm always watching the movies. That's why they're always popping up. But it started somewhere, you know. I just like how uh how sure you are that this is just a universal I think it is. I think I think this <laughs> You name you name me anyone else that you know that's like if you're the swing version of this. I'm not suggesting anybody listen to it. I'm just saying it's there. And if you want to hear it, sometimes you're in the mood to like, that'd be kind of fun. And sometimes what I'll do too, is like, um, I'll speed them up or slow them down depending on the song, you know? Um, like there's a, this like funk umbop one. And I don't like that. I listen to them and I kind of hate all the people that do them a little bit. not really, but you know what I mean? Like they're just, I, I don't know if I would want to talk to them, but like, it's just like you know you just it's hard not to watch it it's like yeah it's they're doing umbop that's fun i'm not i'm not judging you for uh listening to this i just think it's funny that we brought up umbop and you're like ooh, my problem with that <laughs> is when people are doing the swing version that's the song they choose that was your that, that was your criticism of umbop <laughs> And you said it in like so, like with such confidence that other people would have this experience. I I feel like they might. I feel like maybe out there there's more reception to this lifestyle than you seem to think there is. It's the okay. yeah. Yeah, just be like. <laughs> I don't like Basket Case because there's this one guy on YouTube that does this cover of it, and yeah. every time he does it, I'm furious. You talking about that like all uh, that uh, that choir version of it, that uh, acapella version, it where they start with that. And then they go into, "Do you have the time?" is this real yes it's real i used to listen to it all the time and i also didn't like it but it's just hard not quit, to quit <laughs> listening to music you don't like on youtube you don't understand it's not a hate watch either it's just something i need to do sometimes i just needed to see it <laughs> but it's ruining it. your life 
you can't hear mbop anymore and feel joy <laughs> it's you don't understand you sneer at the ducktales theme now, you have something bad to say about Basket Case that I wasn't expecting. I didn't necessarily say anything bad about Basket Case. It does not ruin my listening experience to Basket Case. That's separate. These two are separate because I, I already had a relationship with Basket Case before I got into this. Not got into, but it <laughs> would would subject myself to this acapella version of the song a lot. And then I used to think it would be fun to cut in the beginning part and then go into the actual uh, basket case song. So I just really liked it, you know, how it built up. I didn't necessarily like the acapella parts. So <laughs> anyway, uh, that note, let's uh, go ahead and wrap it up here. Good uh, night, everybody. <laughs> Are you still Bye. there? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I can't stop laughing. Bye. Or, goodbye. <laughs>